0: Good morning, morning. welcome to worship here at Noblesville First, I am Pastor Jill and today we look forward to hearing from Pastors Paul and Mary Eileen who will be closing out our sermon series on doing a new thing, a church in transition. So we want to call to your attention a few announcements this morning as we enter into a new week of ministry here at Noblesville First. And keep in mind, our kids are outside in the parking lot enjoying their Sunday Splash. So maybe afterwards you can run down there and and check on them, see what they're doing. I'm going to be running out and checking on my six-year-old, hoping he doesn't throw a water balloon at me. So I hope they're having that that fun time. We had our back-to-school bash yesterday on social media. Watch out for some uh, videos and, and photos of David and I being pied in the face. So that was a lot of fun. We had a great night last night. We look forward to Pastor Nicole joining us uh, tomorrow as our first official day. And then on Sunday, the 7th, will be her first Sunday with us. She'll be preaching at each worship service. And keep in mind that you'll have more chances to meet with Pastor Nicole through our meet and greets. So go to the website and find a day and time that works for you. And this will be a smaller group setting where you can chat with her, ask her some questions, and get to know her a little better. And we are also on uh, August 7th, relaunching our fall curriculum for our children's ministry. So there's going to be some shifting around of classrooms and spaces. So make sure you pay attention to the website and make sure the kiddos get in their right classrooms. All that information's on the website as well for Promotion Sunday. And there is a new Monday evening Bible study starting tomorrow. And that will be on Ephesians from 6.30 to 8.15. And anyone's welcome to attend. The books are available in the office. And with the start of a new school year, we are relaunching our Kids Hope and our all-star after-school program. So if you are interested in either being a mentor or a prayer partner for this vital ministry for our schools, make sure to check out the website for that also. And of course, everything else available is, is on our website. And so I hope that you'll take some time, click on the next steps graphic, You can register your attendance also today on your connection card. Note what's on there to get involved there as well. So we are glad you are here this morning. And now let us center our hearts and our minds on worship as we have our meditative music. remind you that we light our uniting light of christ as we say hello to our guests online our worshipers online this morning we're all together in worship regardless of where we are today i invite you to join me in our call to worship give thanks and praise to the lord for god has dealt mercifully with us even when we turn away from god God forgives us and restores us to life. Rejoice in God's abundant love. We give praise to God who heals and loves us. Amen. I invite you to stand and we'll sing together our opening hymn, Come Thou Almighty King. Let us pray. God of every season, we thank you for this beautiful day that we are blessed with and this sacred and holy time to come together and worship you. Send your Holy Spirit upon us in these moments to open our hearts, our minds, and our ears to the things that we will say and do and hear this morning that will connect us to you. We give thanks for the warm fellowship that we enjoy as well. We give thanks for our children who are splashing outside and the joy that they give to us and to one another. We thank you, God, for this worship and ask that we will be blessed to go out and serve others in the name of Jesus. In this we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And this morning we're going to do a responsive psalm reading. So I invite you to take these out. Remember these? Ah, yes. And turn to page 780. We'll join together in a reading of Psalm 46. And your part will be in the bold. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There, there is a, is a river, river whose streams make glad the city of God, the, the holy, holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city which shall not be moved. God will help it at the dawn of day. Nations, nations rage, the kingdoms totter. God's voice resounds, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has wrought desolations in the earth, who makes war cease to the end of the earth, breaks the bow, shatters the spear, and burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Let us be in a spirit of prayer as we sing together Be still, my soul.
1: Good morning. We'd like to share some concerns with you from this week as well as some additional thoughts. We share prayers of grace and healing for Ronnie and Linda Fights for their respective health issues. Both Ronnie and Linda are on staff here at Noblesville First. We also extend our sincerest condolences and prayers to Mike Beer and his family at the sudden passing of Mike's 22-year-old sister, Brianna Joy, on Friday. Final arrangements are currently pending. Please join us as we pray for their comfort and peace in their time of sorrow. We also share the joy of knowing that the time we spend together here is never in vain. Jesus died on the cross for all of us so that we can live with him in heavenly peace forever. This is our joyful hope and a holy gift given to us by the very grace of God. And please join me in a call to prayer. Creating God, on this midsummer morning, we give thanks for the warmth and life of this season and for the beauty of your creation. We also remember those for whom this summer is difficult, those who face natural disasters or worry about economic uncertainty. We all need the embrace of your presence, each in our own way. Bring healing and peace to our lives and to our world. Open our eyes and our hearts so that we may offer healing and peace to others in the name of Christ Jesus, who taught us to pray, amen. Now please join me in a moment of silent prayer and take to God what's on your heart this morning. And Then I'll follow the pastoral prayer and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus and by most Holy Spirit, forgive us, Lord. Sometimes we do not realize just how mighty and powerful you are. Your very essence is well beyond our imagination, but we know your faithful love exists through most Holy Spirit, the one who prays for us when we cannot. We need you, Lord, always and at every moment, but we especially need to know you are with us in our darkest and weakest hours. Hear our prayers, Jesus, for our needs of guidance, comfort, strength, and peace. Otherwise, we couldn't stand to bear the pain or the shame without you. Thank you for being a God that knows of all suffering too and comes to lift us up out of the deep despair and into your light of glory for our redemption, our forgiveness, and our salvation. There is no greater love than yours, God. Thank you for being with us in our every moment. And thank you for the Lord's prayer
0: Thank you all well it's that time again to send our kids back to school can you believe it xavier starts on wednesday he'll be in first grade and pray for us right <laughs> all right he's gonna be at sand creek elementary at hamilton southeastern so i would like to invite all teachers or school workers of any kind to come forward we want to bless you and honor you and pray for you as we begin a new school year so don't be shy come on up do a little line here at the front We're going to do a quick, if y'all are okay with this, a quick introduction. Let us know your name and where you uh, teach, or school administrate, or whatever it is that you do. Did we end up getting a handheld, Zach, or no? Okay. (laughs) I'm Laurie Williams, and I'm an assistant professor of music education at the University of Indianapolis.
2: Chad Guest. I'm an
3: athletic director at Hamilton Southeastern.
0: I'm Lindsay Guest. I teach at West Clay Elementary in Carmel.
3: I'm David Jenkins. I am a custodian at the high school in Noblesville. I'm Dan Hedlund. I'm orchestra director at Noblesville East Middle School.
4: I'm a volunteer at the schools through this church.
2: I'm Laura Chastain. I teach first grade at Hazel Dell.
0: Heidi Mangus. I teach at Westville High School.
2: Audrey Gunderson, fourth grade at
4: New Britain Elementary
0: all right thank you all so we as a congregation want to thank you and pray for you and then as you go back to your seats here in just a moment there are little bookmarks magnets you can put it on your fridge or in a book you're working on give you encouragement throughout the school year all right so on this sunday as the school bells will start to ring we remember and give thanks for our school systems our teachers our aides our volunteers our principals Librarians, cafeteria workers, crossing guards, and all others involved in the education system. We pray that you all are refreshed, I hope, after a summer, <laughs> summer months, remembering the importance of their role. As we gather this morning, we remember our own baptismal vows to strive for justice and peace among all persons, respecting the dignity of each human being. The right to an education is such a justice issue. So today we pray God's blessing upon our work and these persons who commit to sharing their knowledge, compassion, and patience with our students and children. And here in a minute you're going to have a response. It's really easy. It's, we thank you, Lord. I think you guys can handle that, right? So for all school workers, teachers, counselors, bus drivers, custodians, cafeteria workers, volunteers, security workers, and administrators, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. For all students in preschool, elementary school, high school, college, or vocational school, for all of their different talents and gifts and for their insights and commitment to learning, we thank you, Lord, for all people who give of their time, talents, and guidance to our students. We thank you, Lord. We remember those who will prepare for school without backpacks to fill, and those throughout the world who only have a dream of being a student someday. We pray for them. We share what we have, that we may all become who God is calling us to be. Let us pray. Holy God, send your spirit a blessing upon each person standing before you today. As they are sent into a new school year, give them patience, courage, peace, compassion, and knowledge, that they will continue to grow in the knowledge of your love and grace. We ask that your spirit of protection would be upon all who work in schools and upon our children and youth. Give us each opportunities to learn, to grow, and be nurtured in your care so that we will be about being and building your kingdom here. We give thanks for all who are in the business of helping others to grow. We give thanks and ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I invite you to pass that. Take one and pass. You've got a few options there. And for all of our students as well, we hope that hopefully most of you all are downstairs in the splash, but we wish everyone a good school year. Let's give these wonderful people a round of applause, shall we? Thank you.
5: I'm David McKenzie, Student Ministry Director here at Noblesville First, and I'm with one of our student leaders, Hayden. Hey, Hayden. How's it going? Doing well. And Football Fridays is back uh, this year. So, Hayden, what's one of your favorite memories from Football Fridays? I would say one of my favorite memories would be getting the free pizza after playing at the football games, and then also uh, being able to play uh, some nine square afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have all of that uh, back this year, nine square pizza, the only difference is it's not going to be here in the Vine. It's going to be at the new community center, uh, by the new football field, which is so exciting. It's a huge space. Uh, we're super excited to be able to have that space available. Uh, so Nine Square, Cornhole, Pizza, and a ton of other fun games. Um, we're just going to have a blast uh, doing Football Fridays again. So uh, the first Football Friday is August 19th. And if you have any interest in volunteering or in getting more information on how to be a part, reach out to student ministries.
0: Thank you. And we thank you all for your continued support of our student ministry opportunities as well as all program opportunities for our students and our youth and the ways that you all help make all those really fun things happen. So now let us take a moment to bless our offerings that we will give either today or throughout the week. It could be money, it could be your time, it could be your prayers, it could be the ways that you use your hands and feet and volunteer, however you feel that you can give back is much appreciated and glorifies God. Let us pray. Lord, we give thanks for the many gifts that you pour out upon us, and so we take a moment today to give something back to you. There's so many ways that we can open our hearts to give. And so many ways that we can receive when we give as well. So bless these gifts that we'll bring today. May they be multiplied and may they be signs of your love and your kingdom here. Let us be a part of it. Amen.
3: Please be seated. Would you join me in the prayer for understanding? O God, send your Holy Spirit to open our minds and hearts so that we may receive your wisdom in the scriptures. Transform us by the grace we here proclaim and empower us to live out for the sake of Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture for today is about the conversion of Saul. It was not only a key transformational moment for him, but as he willingly embraced it, he transformed the known world through his missionary journeys that were instrumental in spreading Christianity. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus. So that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, Meanwhile, the church throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria had peace and was built up, living in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. God's word for God's people. Thanks be to the gift of Scripture. Well, I'm going this way. (laughs) We didn't really talk about this earlier. Good morning to everyone. I had a wonderful time out at Teeter this morning, got to meet a a lot of people I already know, uh, some people I hadn't seen for a while, and then this morning here before the service started, I was able to speak to a few of you and and, uh, it's a real privilege uh, to be able to do that. And it's important that we talk to each other. I did notice something though, I've, I've kind of been hanging around out in the narthex before this service for the last few weeks, And I did notice a a kind of a strange thing that started to happen. And that's, I would say, well, good morning, how are you? And somebody would go, you know, looking at my name. Oh, yeah, good morning, Paul. (laughs) So I have been anticipating this morning that I would be able to stand in front of you. If you don't know me, I'm going to tell you. I am Paul Ernst, and I'm one of the pastoral care pastors here at Noblesville First. And that is my colleague, Mary Eileen Spence. And she's another one of the pastoral care pastors here at Noblesville First. And I assume you're glad to be here this morning, too. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Al. See, you're supposed to talk to people. Well, it's really important you know, that we... Uh, That we stay in touch with and know uh, all of the people in our community of faith. And especially when uh, we're thinking about the future and how there might be new people to, to join us. Well, let me get back to our scripture. Saul went to the high priest and asked for those letters to the synagogue at Damascus. So that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them to Jerusalem. How was it that Saul had it in for these people? I, I, I know he probably didn't... Well, of course, he didn't agree with their beliefs about the way of Christ. But breathing threats? Really? He hated those people. He didn't actually know them, I don't think. Uh, but he was more than biased against them, it sounds like. He wanted them arrested... He wanted to arrest them. This all reminds me of something that I learned as a pastor. Hopefully not the only thing. But if you get to know someone that you haven't necessarily been in tune with before. Somebody that maybe, you know, you meet them. I know we've all had this happen. You meet someone and kind of the hairs on the back of your neck stand up a little bit or... Maybe it's just someone that throws out an opinion that you totally disagree with and they they put you off. But if you take the time to get to know people, if you really get to know them personally as individuals, it's really difficult. It's almost impossible to hold on to those feelings. The better I know people, the more I appreciate them. And the more difficult it is for me to hold on to my misgivings fears and biases and misunderstandings. It really is so easy to have these misunderstandings about people when you, really, when you don't know them. You don't know very much about them. When I first became a pastor, there was someone like that. I was waiting on pins and needles to hear about my very first appointment. And when I found out where I was going... I was shocked. Because I was going to the church where I would have to follow Pastor Ruby. I was very nervous about this because well, you know, it wasn't really about the church itself. It wasn't about the neighborhood. I wasn't overly concerned about the people in that congregation. Uh, it, I was It really wasn't fear of being the pastor for the first time of a church, well, maybe a little. But really, my main concern was that I had to follow Pastor Ruby. Everyone in the conference knew who Pastor Ruby was. She was a force of nature. She was well-loved, but with great respect. Great respect for her ability to make things happen. And she was also known for never taking no for an answer. And I had heard she could manage to suffer no fools. But then the fools would love her afterwards. I could never rise to the level of Pastor Ruby. I was nervous. And I should mention that even though I knew of Pastor Ruby, I never actually knew Pastor Ruby. She was a monument, a frightening person, a very experienced person, and I had to come in behind her. And here was some of the kind of stuff Pastor Ruby was made out of. I found after that I started that appointment that she had hired the current church secretary, Jerry, without discussing it with the board, the SPRC. Pastor Ruby could get away with that. But why did she do it? I learned that this had been a matter of pastoral care for that person. So apparently it was an action of the heart for Pastor Ruby. So now this person, this recent hire that nobody approved, was a member of my staff. I can tell you that I heard a lot more than I wanted to over that first month about Pastor Ruby. Pastor Ruby says, this is how you file these things. Pastor Ruby says, this is how you keep track of the baptism participants. I don't know. I knew a lot about what Pastor Ruby thought about things, I'll tell you that. Finally, I had enough. And I vowed that I would have a talk with that church secretary the very next morning. So I came in the very next morning... And she said, good morning, I'm having lunch with Pastor Ruby today, would you like to go? <laughs> well, I, I guess it was one of those moments, maybe the moments of the movement of the Holy Spirit, because I felt the nudge to accept that invitation. And I got to know Pastor Ruby pretty well, because... After that lunch, there was another, and another, and another. And I really met the, the real Ruby behind the reputation. And she wasn't the scary person that I feared. And I, re- I grew to really like her. And I greatly benefited from her experiences that she shared with me, especially about that, that first congregation, but a lot of them were pretty universal experiences, I got to know the person God created and not the person my bias and imagination produced. You know, we can be constrained in our thinking by what we think about a person or even a people. And then when that happens, sometimes we fill in those blanks with our own ignorance. But then sometimes we already know someone pretty well and appreciate them for who they are and then somewhere along the line they change and then we find we don't know them anymore and once again we're thrown into that spot where it's left to our own faulty imagination as to whom they may have become now my younger brother James was like that he was two years younger than me better looking, that wasn't too hard, I guess, more intelligent, a great athlete. He lettered in basketball. He went to Arizona State University and pledged a fraternity. He did all the things that our parents had let us know over our lifetimes as children that they expected us to do. And he was in that group of people that you know You know they're headed for success. He was a great brother. But while he was at ASU, he got connected somehow with drugs and drug dealers. And I've never learned how that happened. Over time, these things came to define his life, his marriage, his relationship with his family and his siblings, my sister and I. He was deep into that drug world for a number of years. My sister and I simply didn't understand him, and we actually even came to fear him a little bit, just what he might do that might somehow affect our lives. Until one day, we received word that he had been in a terrible accident on the interstate in Kansas. And he was taken to a hospital where he was in the ICU for a very lengthy time and he nearly died. And the authorities were investigating whatever it was he'd been doing in Kansas uh, and uh, hoping to talk to him, but couldn't because he was unconscious in the ICU, not able to respond. But apparently while he lay there unconscious, and perhaps later after he regained consciousness, it was looking like, and it was looking like he would recover. Something had clearly happened to him. He emerged from that accident and that incident a very changed person. But my sister and I didn't know it because he didn't share it with us. And as far as we knew he went right back to his old ways and we didn't hear much from him again for several years. And then one day, my sister Judy and I were contacted by the Pinal County, Arizona Hispanic Society. We were invited to visit them in Coolidge, Arizona. The meeting was to share with us what James had been doing for them. We toured their facility, We, we heard what a difference he was making in the lives of the many Hispanic people who were there, and I was gobsmacked, gobsmacked, complete strangers brought the three of us back together. We toured the building, we learned that he was involved especially with those who had addiction problems. Afterwards, we had a sibling reunion at a Mexican restaurant in the middle of the desert in the Coolidge, Arizona area. And over lunch, we got to know our brother all over again and learn what God had been doing in his life. It's amazing what you can do when God gets your attention. We could see that James was a truly changed person, and he was walking the walk and not just talking the talk. And by, by the end of his journey in this world, because we lost him a few, last month, the last few years of that journey, of which Judy and I journeyed a bit with him, <clears throat> she and I felt that we were also changed. And of course, there were those people at the Hispanic Center. And we later learned other people in other places as well as well, whose lives he had had changed. But before any of that could happen, James had to go through his own transformation. And this puts me in mind, once again, of our scripture for this morning. Saul was breathing threats and murder. It seems he was a man filled with hate and bias for people he didn't really know. He was not a nice person. And he was making questionable decisions. And it was probably so much easier for him to paint those people the way with his brush of dislike and disgust because they were not like him. It wasn't until this amazing thing happened to him. This converting call from Christ who said to him, why do you persecute me? That Saul was forever changed. And almost that very day he began to understand the damage he was doing and that he had been making those decisions because he did not have a personal relationship with Christ. But also, he did not really know those followers of Jesus as the children of God that they actually were. Saul's was an incredible conversion experience. And you know, perhaps... People today still report powerful conversion experiences. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that those who have such experiences are the exception to the rule. But even when the experience of a more measured step by step uh, meaningful personal transformation takes place, even that works. My brother James may have had a powerful conversion experience while he was in the ICU, perhaps praying for healing. But for many of us, our transformation comes in these smaller, more modest steps. And the wonderful thing is that such transformation of others can begin right here with you and me. When someone meets a Christian like us, a stranger who is willing to take the time to get to know them and to nurture that acquaintance into a friendship. And that friendship toward a relationship with the community of Christ that ultimately leads to a personal relationship with Jesus. It's only the fear of the unknown or perhaps the the misunderstanding uh, that breeds bias that can short-circuit that first small step of greeting a stranger. Just as it was fear and misunderstanding of who Jesus was that blinded Saul to the damage that he was doing. And it took that dramatic meeting, that conversation on the Damascus Road, to get Saul on his new path. You know there are plenty of people out there right now who should be in here and could be in here. We just have have to have the courage to start the conversation and not shy away from it out of our own reticence or, or bias or fear of failing. So let us then pray for that. Let us pray. Lord, may our fears of the unknown be allayed. May we always be awake and sensitive to the needs ever surrounding us. And may we meet them head on with the love and energy that comes through the converting call of you, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Good morning.
4: I am what I'm calling the postscript (laughs) to not only Paul's sermon but to this whole series that we have been involved with over these past several months as we have awaited for Pastor Nicole to arrive, which happens tomorrow. I hope that you are as excited as I am for Pastor Nicole to come. But I also want to take a moment, and I actually was remiss out at Teeter, to um, tell you all, to give your thanks to Pastor Jill for carrying on the ministry of the church. While it was a brief moment of time for her, It was a time that she still had to continue to keep us together, to move us forward to that new beginning that we are going to begin tomorrow. And with that in mind, she had titled this series, I don't know if you remember, because Doing a New Thing, A Church in Transition. And the key verse for all of us pastors to think about, and one of the verses that was used in the very first sermon of this series was, I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And through the last weeks, we have been going through these particular topics. The first, of course, was a new thing. What is God wanting to do with you as an individual and us as a church? known as Noblesville United Methodist Church. And then God said, I will show you what it is that you are to be doing. I will take you to new places to do it, probably outside these walls. Do you trust me when I take you to that new place? And the third was crossing the river, and we looked at the anxieties and the fears that we have, and what keeps us from going to do the new thing in the new places? And then we talked about being prepared as disciples of Jesus Christ. As the disciples were called and immediately put down their nets and left. We talked about how might have they prepared themselves and how should we be preparing ourselves for this new season in life, which was the next topic. For we all go through seasons of life. Youth, young adult, adult, new jobs, retirement. We have it all. Seasons of life. And the church is no different. It has seasons of life. And there was and is a time for everything. And then we talked about who makes up the church. It's you. And I, the church is not this building, and it's you and I as ordinary people who are called to move forth into the world to do the extraordinary things that God calls us to do. And what will that new extraordinary thing be for this congregation to do as it fulfills the mission of making disciples for Jesus Christ. And then last week, conference superintendent Sunita brought a word of encouragement to us and reminded us not to be anxious and fearful, that we were to pray to God to be relieved of our anxiety and to remember the words of Isaiah 41, which says, do not fear, for I will walk with you. And then today, Pastor Paul, sharing with us about embracing change through getting to know others, being converted to think the best instead of the worst. And really, when you get right down to it, our faith is about continual conversion, for conversion basically means to change, once again, the word that none of us really like to hear and to do in our lives, it's okay for all of you, but not me. Isn't that the truth? And yet, when we get to know people, when we are converted, not only by Christ to be more godlike, but to help others to be converted to a better way of life, great things can happen. In the New Interpreter's Dictionary of the Bible, it says this While there is indeed much ambiguity regarding what conversion actually entails, it is clear that the biblical notion of conversion involves a change in lifestyle. Did you hear that? It involves a change in lifestyle that results from turning to or returning to God, the biblical God that we know and preach about every Sunday here in this place. Look what happened to Saul when he turned to the biblical God. He changed the world forever and look what has happened with Pastor Paul in his journey as he became and got to know Pastor Ruby bless he's not here but bless him for following such a great pastor i i have been there following a pastor of 18 years or If our conversion isn't that traumatic, and we may have had one, but I agree with Pastor Paul, and I do agree that our converting takes place every day, all the time. God works differently in each person. God worked differently in Saul and in Paul to convert or change both of them. Both were converted by God's grace and embraced this change to live differently. Do you embrace each new day and what God may be bringing to you and what new you can learn? For God continually converts us to live more fully a godly life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hear these words from 1 Thessalonians 523. It's an ending almost of that um, little small book when the Apostle Paul says to those he has written the letter, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. God will sanctify you. God will help you to grow in your faith and to become more fully Christ-like so you can carry out the mission that is going to be placed upon us. As we receive a new pastor to come into our midst and show us a new way or a better way to take out Christ to the world, even as we grow in our faith and learn from her how to do that. Hans Kuhn, a Swiss excuse me, a Swiss theologian and priest who died in the year 2021, so he is a recent theologian. As quoted by Bishop William Willimon, says this about conversion. We are to preach metanoia, which is the Greek word for conversion. We must entice people from the world to God. We are not to shut ourselves off from the world in a spirit of asceticism, and asceticism is being very self-disciplined in your spiritual growth, being more inward than outward, which is not what Christ really wanted us to be about. But rather, Hans says, We are to live in the everyday world inspired by the radical obedience that is demanded by the love of God. The church must be reformed again and again, converted again and again, each day in order that it may fulfill its task. We are converted on a daily basis by God to be more Christ-like. John Wesley believed in three kinds of graces. Provenient grace, the grace that woes us to justifying grace, that conversion moment like Saul had to say, yes, Lord, I know you, I want to live like you, and then the sanctifying grace which I just mentioned in that quote and before, that sanctifying grace that the Holy Spirit works in us every day to live as God wants us to live so we can go out in the world to be converted people, to embrace a new calling that God has for us each and every day and each and every week as a church we are called to do a new thing we are called as a community of faith to do a new thing and when we embrace that new calling God makes a way for God's people to make a difference in the world. Be encouraged, friends. Tomorrow begins a new day. We have a new calling with a new pastor. And God will be faithful to us and will hold our hand and help us as we go forth. Do not fear, for I am with you. All will be well. This is a new season. Embrace Pastor Nicole just as she will come and embrace us. Let us embrace the challenge of God to be more than we are for the sake of God's kingdom on earth. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. All right, Al, we're ready for the closing hymn, which is 4.54. 4.54. that you are empowered by the sanctifying grace of our Lord. Go in the name of our creator, in the name of our redeemer, and in the name of our sustainer. Go and spread the word. Amen. Amen.